All right, welcome to this interview. I'm Mike Adams, the founder of Brighteon.com. Today, we're joined by a first-time guest, but someone who I've seen speak, and well, I've seen videos of him speaking, and he is uh, he's on fire with the truth. And he has a show on Brighteon.tv that we'll talk about as well. It's Pastor Todd Coconado, and he is with Todd Coconado Ministries at PastorTodd.org. And uh, Pastor, it's an honor to have you on, sir. Thank you so much for all that you're doing, and uh, I really look forward to this conversation. Oh, well, likewise, Mike. And I, you know, I often think to myself as I listen to your podcast and your interviews, and I really like when you're on by yourself, by the way, because you speak more truth than most pastors in this country from a biblical standpoint. And that that's pretty amazing when you think about that, right? I mean, not, not saying that you don't, you know, I mean, obviously you deserve that credit, but I'm just saying, I mean, so many pastors don't cover the gamut of issues that you discuss. And I think it's, it's high time we do. And we need to talk about these things. So I just want to say thank you for your broadcast and all the work that you do. And you are touching many people's lives, my friend. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot to hear that from you because of the, the message of truth that you carry. But, I, you know, I got to say, look, I'm not tied to a church that has to have a revenue model and IRS compliance and a tithing schedule. Right. So there's no there's no politics in that for me. I can just tell the truth. We've got gracious support from all our readers and listeners, and that's more than enough. So, you know, if you don't have to censor yourself, don't censor yourself. That's, that's that's what I say. That's right. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head right there, because this is what a lot of pastors are worried about is, you know, is half my church going to leave if I talk about some of these important societal issues? If I mention something about the transgender, you know, people going to be offended. Listen, I got to stand before the throne one day, Mike, you know, I got to answer for, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. The Bible says I'm held to even a higher standard. I don't want to be the guy that left out parts of the Bible. I don't want to be the guy that didn't equip the people that look to me as a leader. So I, I just always say that to pastors, like, think about it, because, you know, what? if people are going to leave, they're going to leave. Let them leave. You know, but we have to speak truth. We got to stand for righteousness and we got to stand for the entirety of the word of God. And otherwise we should be doing something else. You know, maybe go be a motivational speaker, go do something else. But if you're a pastor, you got to preach the whole Bible. Well, that's, that's why I love your work. And also, by the way, Bob Sisson loves your work as well. He's a huge fan of everything yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. And he's, he always reminds me to read the Bible an hour a day, every time, every time I'm on an interview with him. And uh, I, I have yet to fulfill that fully, but I'm, I'm working on it. So, but that's, that's, he's, he's the best mentor in that area. And, uh, but you just hit on, upon something that's very, very important and, and very true that, this is a time of discernment between real Christians and what I'm yeah. going to dare to call fake Christians, or let, let's say shallow Christians. They just they just want the surface veneer of Christianity, but not to actually have to live it. What what are your thoughts on that? Oh my goodness, this is a shaking that's happening right now, and it's been happening for the last several years. And I think the Lord's allowing this because let's just think about it. If it didn't happen, then all this stuff that's come out, we would have not seen. We would have not seen the expose. We'd have you know. It's the the Bible talks about the wheat and the tares, and I believe that's what we're seeing is there's you know the wheat and the chaff, whatever you want to call. It. There's two different versions, but you know regardless, there are real authentic believers that are followers of the way that truly hunger and thirst for righteousness, that want to be about the Lord's business, that you know are authentic. I call it the ecclesia, the body, and then there's people that are more cultural Christian or kind of half-stepping, or maybe they're doing it because they couldn't make it as an actor and then they made it as a pastor. Let's just be real, right? I mean, wow. you know, there's a lot of people that look, I mean, because I come from Hollywood, man. So, you know, I saw the whole thing there and I see a lot of similar things in the church. I hate to say it, but it's true. 
you know, this was bizarre, Mike. I saw TD Jakes, okay, on his, I mean, right on his own YouTube channel. I made sure that it was his because I was like, and I don't want this to be somebody else's. And then I think this, it was his YouTube channel and they were doing a conference at the church and there was a Coca-Cola ad at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. When did pastors start putting ads during the sermon on their screen? That's wild, you know? I mean, well, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing, you know? And, and and so obviously he must be getting some type of, you know, revenue for that. I mean, why would he put it on the screen, right? But that's crazy. I mean, if you were going to be financially supported, why would you choose a corporation that whose products cause, uh, you know, dental cavities, diabetes, you know, all these things, blood sugar imbalances. I mean, th this is the problem that I've had with organized churches. Sometimes I, I would go in and, you know, the nice service, and then they'd have a lunch and it's like, seriously, what are you, you're serving all of this, you know, toxic food. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't try to, I don't, I don't want to be judgmental, but you know, take care of your bodies folks. Cause God gave you that body. And you're supposed to treat it like a temple. Serious. That's right. Well, it's mind, body, spirit. So all of them need to be healthy. You know, if I was sitting here uh, just uh, being a glutton and eating a bunch of bad food, I'm going to probably have some type of, you know, high blood pressure, be out of shape, all these different things. Why would I want to do that to the temple? That's the body is the temple, the Holy Spirit. You know, you got to treat the temple well. You don't want to defile the temple. Right. So I think this is an area, and I know you speak about this and you have been for many years, but I have not heard it in the Christian community much. And I think this is an area that's very much needed. There's a guy named Jordan Rubin. He does it. Uh, one of my friends, Pastor Shane does it, you know, but not a lot of people talk about health in the physical body, but we're in a battle. It's a marathon. Okay. And we're in a, and we're in a war. We're in a battle. It's a spiritual war and it's going to take everything. It's going to take us to have our mind in the right place, our body in the right place and our spirit in the right place. All three. Because otherwise, you know, we're going to get discouraged. We're going to get depressed. We're going to, we're going to grow weary. The Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good. It says occupy until he comes. But I see a lot of Christians right now. And I know this for a fact, I'm not condemning you. If you're listening to this, uh, that, that deal with anxiety, a lot of people are anxious, fearful, um, you know, having all different types of ailments, physical ailments, and a lot of the physical ailments, and even some of the anxiety and things like that are affected by what you eat, your diet, your exercise. So I love that you talk about that, Mike. I think that's something that we need to hone in on because they're, especially going forward, uh, in order to stand, it's going to take endurance in all three areas. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned we're not, we're not condemning anybody who doesn't have a perfect diet because we can all do better every single day. Yep. And, and also, since you mentioned anxiety, I want to bring up the issue of addiction. Because I know that as a pastor, you must face this with people coming to you saying, you know, they fell, they, they, maybe they started out with uh, prescription painkillers and it wasn't working and they ended up on street drugs and they ended up an addict and they're trying to heal. They're trying to come out of it. Now, uh, I lost a family member, I think two years ago, a younger member in my family died of a fentanyl overdose just in a parking yeah. lot, just gone. And so I, I, this has touched my family and my life as well, but what are you seeing? Because we want people to be able to heal and to have support. And we don't condemn them for the addiction, but we also don't want to encourage a culture that pushes people into addiction. So how do you deal with that or find that balance? Well, what a great question and an area that not a lot of people are talking about, but should be. I'll tell you this, Mike, anytime I talk about addictions, whether like you said, fentanyl, opioids, uh, anything really, there's a lot of people that'll inbox me uh, feeling shame about their child, their family member or themselves. 
that has this type of addiction. And I think this is a bigger problem because see, the problem is you mentioned the church and organized religion. And I really think uh, God is kind of shaping this conversation right now because there's a lot of people that are believers that love the Lord, that love God, but, but are so disheartened by the church and what they've experienced. They've been hurt in the church. They've been, they've seen people with all different types of motives that were ungodly. And so they, they're unchurched, but they love the Lord. Yes. And that's what I call them the remnant, you know, it's the, it's the remnant community. And, but these are real believers and they're authentic believers. And so uh, many people have felt shamed in church. They felt shame. Maybe they had an abortion at one point or maybe, and by the way, I'm very pro-life. Uh, you know, maybe they had an abortion. Maybe they, you know, were promiscuous in their lifestyle for many years. Maybe they had an addiction problem. Maybe they're trying to get off of drugs right now. Historically, Mike, I will tell you this. I passed in LA for 17 years. I watched this firsthand many oh, times. I'm sure. Were, yeah. This is crazy, man. People would come from off the street seeking help, coming to the church, which is supposed to be like a hospital, right? And there would be these guys with these little headsets and they'd come up and they'd literally like a club, kick them out. Instead of helping them, they'd make them feel like they're dirty. And they're, and so here's this person who knows what it took for that person to even get to that church. Let's just think about that. True. I mean, probably the spiritual warfare and everything they dealt with just to just to muster up enough courage to walk in that place. I know when I walked in, you know, when I got saved, I, I, I felt like a lightning bolt was going to hit me. You know, I was coming from Hollywood. I was totally messed up. Thank God there were people that embraced me, but it wasn't an easy thing. I mean, for a while I had no friends. And uh, so that was, a, you know, I always remember that transition time, Mike, and there might be some people that are listening to this and, and you, maybe you felt like this, maybe you felt shame or, you know, maybe you're trying to get free of addiction and, and you just don't know how, and you're asking God for strength and maybe he led you to this broadcast, but I just want everybody to know there's a difference between relationship with God and religion. And uh, there's a big, it's kind of like the Pharisees in Jesus day, you know, there was the Pharisees, there was the religious spirit and religious folk. And then there's people that are authentic, that truly love the Lord. And the Bible says, you know them by their fruit. Mm -hmm. And by the way, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And what's the next one? Love thy neighbor. You're known by your love. So, you know, a true follower of Christ is known by their love and they're going to be willing to embrace somebody and help them and, and disciple them and mentor them through their addiction. Because, mm -hmm. you know, people have a misconception. They think like you accept God you raise your hand and then that's it. No, that's like the beginning. I mean, I've been in this for 20 plus years and I'll tell you, the Lord's still peeling away layers on me, you know, and he's oh, yeah. going to do it until oh, yeah. the day I die. So, you know, every, I, I, I make mistakes. That's another thing. People think Christians are perfect. We're not perfect. Anybody who's trying to sell you that they're perfect, they're lying to you or they're, <laughs> they're lying to themselves. Okay. Uh, you know, either they're, they're lying to themselves or lying to you, but you know, regardless, no one's perfect. The only perfect being that ever lived was Jesus. And, and he was fully God and fully man in his ministry here on earth. And, and he's the only one, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And, and the Bible even says there's no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. So it doesn't mean that we don't try to help people. We don't mentor them. We don't disciple them. But we, we've got to take, you know, where they are at and say, come, you know, this is the problem is, is that we, we're good at shutting people. We're good at attacking people. We're good at eating our own. And meanwhile, our nation, our world needs God, needs his love. He's the answer to all these problems. And so we have to do a paradigm shift and really look. It's almost like a another reformation almost. I mean, I don't want to, you know, they'll probably take the clip and, and make it, oh, Pastor Coconato says another reformation. But what I'm saying is, we can't have business as usual. We can't continue down the path that we've been on for the last 30 plus years, the mega church culture. Um, 
seeker friendlyism, you know, all this celebrity Christianity. Uh, this stuff is not what was ever intended. Do you see any celebrity Christians in the Bible? I mean, these guys were getting chased out of regions, being thrown in jail, getting their heads cut off. Uh, you know, Paul said to live as Christ, to die as gain. You know, he wasn't rolling around in a Rolls Royce in a private jet and, you know, all that stuff. And, and you know, I'm all for people prospering. Don't get me wrong. I know some pastors that are entrepreneurs and, and good for them. You know, the Lord's blessed them and, and they've reinvested kingdom money and that's great. But I'm just saying, I mean, there comes a point when it's gluttony. There comes a point when you're just, you're, you're literally, you know, out of order with the Lord. And yeah. meanwhile, across yeah. the street from your church, there's people that are, you know, homeless and in such need. And so we, we really have to rethink this. And so I believe we're on the cusp of a great awakening, Mike. I, I, I believe that people that I know this because, you know, I've been an evangelist pastor for many years going around the country and I've never seen the people as hungry as they are right now. I've never seen people open and hungry and wanting to get baptized and wanting to hear the truth. And they're looking for authentic. They want authentic. That's what they want. They don't want a celebrity pastor, somebody in, you know, the skinny jeans and the lattes and the smoke machines, and all that nonsense. They don't want that. They want somebody that really actually cares. And that's, that's actually going to try to help them and, and hear and pray for them and, and walk them through whatever their situation is. And that's what we need. We need shepherds. Absolutely. And, think about the times throughout human history and also talked about in the Bible, when humanity finally learned the lesson, it was usually through pain. It yeah. was, it was, you know, cities and nations making mistakes and falling away from the Lord and embracing insanities and, you know, all kinds of aberrations and so on, which today we might call like child grooming and pedophilia and all those kinds of things. And, you know, but there was a point where everything got so bad. And I think that that point is coming this winter for a lot of Europe, by the way, but, and, and also next year for America with the mass famine. And, and I've got Intel today. That's just, it, it's frightening, but this point is arriving. And so I think, I mean, your timing of being here right now, you know, the Lord put you here with your ministry, with your message, and we're, just so fortunate to have you on brighton.tv. Let me plug that. That's it's 12 noon Eastern time on Sundays at brighton.tv. Did I get that right? You did. Thank you so much. Okay, great. And then also they can watch you at pastortodd.org as well. But you are here at this time for a reason, just as I am in a different way. And everybody listening, everybody is here for a reason right now. And the, the masses are going to be hungry for awakening and they're going to be asking for guidance. Not even, even if they don't believe in God yet, although they will, they're going to be asking for guidance from people like you listening, like, Oh my God, my, my world fell apart. What should I do? So we need to be ready to help guide them in the direction of, of, you know, spiritual truth. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you made an audio book. I mean, all the different things that you do, that's, I mean, there's not a lot of people doing that. You know, that that stuff is so critical, crucial, important because the survival, you know, we've got to know how to survive. We got to have a trade. We can't just be, you know, useless eaters, you know? And so <laughs> right. uh, those things are all extremely helpful. And I think there is going to be a wake up call. You know, I, I kind of call it the best of times and the worst of times at the same time, because I think we're going to see a, a real spiritual awakening, probably unlike anything we've ever seen in our lifetime. But at the same time, I think it's going to be very perilous times, very turbulent, and that might go on for a while. And, um, 
you know, some people believe it's the end of days now. You know, uh, I personally think we're maybe in the birth pangs. I don't think we're in the tribulation, uh, but we know the hours late. We can see the rise in the spirit of Antichrist. We can see, uh, you know, when Joe Biden came out with that red background, I knew in my oh, spirit, yeah. I'm sure you felt it, you know, that that was geared towards uh, Christians. That was that was actually what he was really saying. And in, in, if you were to like decode that was I'm coming after the Bible believing Christians. That's really what this is about. It's a spiritual battle. And so if you're out there and you're speaking truth in any different capacity, and there's many different people in this greater movement that are speaking to different areas. But if you're speaking truth, you're going to see the spiritual warfare around it because it's a battle and, and it's a spiritual battle. And so those trolls and, you know, all the pressure. And I mean, I, I every single day at the Religious Liberty Coalitions, I hear, you know, stories that would just blow your mind. I mean, of people's rights and religious liberties being infringed upon. And it's, you know, most people probably don't hear it on a day by day like I do. But, you know, for me, there's a major uptick. And so it's concerning. I'm a watchman. I see all these things compounding and it's all part of a, a bigger narrative and a bigger agenda. And so if we, if we take it in the macro and we, instead of in the flesh, because the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. So if we take it and we, and we kind of zoom out and we look at the whole thing, I mean, what they're trying to accomplish, a one world global government, you know, all the different things they're trying to set up here. Uh, you got the uh, central bank, uh, central bank, digital currencies they're trying to set up and the world economic forum and all the different stuff. And, and, you know, you, you can just live in that all day, but if you pull it out and you see what it is, it's a spiritual battle of light versus darkness. And the thing that God has shown me in this whole thing, Mike, though, is, is that we're actually on the winning team. You know, we win in the end and we are on the winning team. The God of heaven and earth is on our side, by the way. But to your point, there's times when the nation of Israel went into captivity. Uh, there's times in the Bible and, and there's there's plenty of biblical precedent for that. Um, so usually what will happen is the people will get so morally depraved and get to a point where it's they've totally taken God out of everything, kind of like right now. And, and it'll, it'll get so desperate. And what happens in that desperate time is people tend to go back to God. And so mm -hmm. the Lord uses the bad and then it ends up turning out to be good. But usually you got to go through some stuff and it's a very challenging thing, you know. And so I was praying about this the other day because I'm sure you hear it just as I do. There's many people that are super positive and just feel like everything's about to just shift. And we're going to see, you know, Trump get back in and all these great things are going to happen. And uh, look, I, I would love all that to happen. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm not a naysayer. Like, yeah, great. If that's going to happen. But, but it, you know, if I'm looking at it from a biblical standpoint, usually there has to be repentance. There has to be a turning away. Uh, there has to be a real spiritual awakening where the people are hungry and broken and repentant and say, Lord, we need you. And so I'm hoping, Mike, that that's where we are and that we don't need to get to a worse place but we can see the whole thing building, whether it's in the Ukraine or, you know, whether it's China encroaching on Taiwan or whether it's the World Economic Forum or the CDBC or, you know, all these different things that we're seeing kind of coming together here. And you can listen to the different experts in each area, but it's all part of this bigger picture. And so I believe we're at like an ape. It's kind of like in the movie when you get to like the, you know, the part where it gets really good, you know, and, and, and it's like building up. That's where we are right now. So what are we going to do? That's the question, you know, and how are we going to respond? And for me, of course, I'm not for violence or anything like that, but I think if the people would press in and call upon the name of the Lord and repent and understand the spiritual battle that we're in, I believe we can take back the territory and I believe the Lord will intervene. Well, I, I you're, what you're saying is really key it, is that this is not a passive thing here. So we, we have to decide 
what action we're going to take that's in alignment with the principles of Christianity and principles of humanity and not just sit back. And, you know, you mentioned, well, essentially, I think what, what you're saying is that you, you can't sit back and just wait for the rapture, folks. It's no. like, ah, oh, you know, God's going to do it for us. Like that, that's not, I think, what God wants you to do is to just watch the movie. And then I mentioned in an interview the other day, I said uh, there are elements of that kind of Q movement that yeah. feel to me like a, what I would call a political rapture, which is, Hey, just sit back, watch the movie. And there's going to be a political rapture that you don't have to get involved. In. It's going to be done for you. Aren't you lucky? And I think both of those approaches are really short-sighted because we are the expression of God and we are the white hats. We are the ones that God works through. Yes. Correct. No, you're, you're spot on. I mean, uh, you know, I was sitting in a, in a broadcast studio somewhere and, and a friend of mine looked over at me, he was doing the show and he said, Todd, you know, if you were just a little bit more hopeful and kind of prophesied a little bit more positively, you'd have a lot more followers. And so I laughed <laughs> and I looked over to him and I said, yeah, but then I'd be a fraud. You know, it's like, so what good is that? You know, I can't do that. I got to stick to what the Lord's speaking and, and truth. And, you know, Lord will, he'll guide my path. This isn't about followers and likes and all that, you know? So, uh, but this, you know, I understand that from a marketing standpoint, that's great, but you know, we, to your point, um, you know, that there was something, I know you're a student of history. There was something you probably heard of this called operation trust. I believe it was. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it was very similar to the Q movement. And so, you know, I hope that's not what's going on. Um, I mean, I know General Flynn has spoke to it and he said he could, you know, it could be an Intel operation. But, you know, people will tell me, well, that's because you're not in the know and you're not, you know. But here's the thing. I mean, regardless of that, as a pastor, I can't be focused on that. What I got to be focused on is what's true, what I know for sure. I know the Bible is true. I know the spirit of the Lord is speaking. I know that this nation is morally depraved and we need to turn from our wickedness. And so I think everybody on here would probably say, well, you know, I want my pastor focusing on those things and not on Q or what Q is saying. That's right. Uh, again, you know, I hope Q is, is right. That'd be great. Uh, but, you know, I just think um, sitting back and doing nothing tends to never be good. Mike, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I think getting involved, being active, being proactive, uh, you know, I know people that have businesses and, you know, they're doing their part. Like I, a woman right here in Tennessee, you know, that I know she has a coffee shop and on Friday she closes it down and people from the community come in and they pray and they have a Bible study. Great. You know, you're doing something like uh, there's a guy with a mechanic shop over here. He does a men's meeting, you know, Iron Man, and they all come in after the shop is closed and it's awesome, you know? And so uh, I know parents that are showing up at the community meetings and, and they really feel a call to stand up against the curriculums and CRT and, you know, the Marxist stuff that's being pushed on the kids and all the gender confusion. And that that's a calling. You need an anointing for that, you know? So that's good. So different people are getting different things in their spirit, but the key is to do something, you know? And again, nonviolent, uh, we're not, we're not advocating anything stupid. We're just saying, you know, be wise, but inquire of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what can I do? You know, because that's the biggest question I get when I go around the country is people say, what can I do? You know, and, and what that answer to each and every individual on here might be a little bit different. I mean, of course, as a pastor, I'll tell you to make disciples and get people saved and set free and healed and deliver. That's my main mission in life is souls. Uh, but, you know, as far as like individually, you know, you may have a passion for something and, and why are you waiting? Like, just do it. Look, look mm -hmm. what Mike's been able to accomplish here with Brighteon and, you know, with your whole, I mean, honestly, I look at it as a, as a ministry, you know, because you're touching lives and people are listening to the truth that you speak and you have very intelligent conversations that are not being had in a lot of other places. So well, you've this is what covered. 
that that's my super secret right there. It actually is a ministry. And uh, my, <laughs> my, my great grandfather was a, a pastor uh, in, mm. in the Midwest. And um, I, I even thought years ago that I, I should really um, start a ministry uh, and go, like go, go to seminary school and so on and, and, and do a ministry. And then it turned out that uh, what I need to do is empower other ministers, which is what I'm doing mm. with, with Brighton. So, you know, we've got your show at noon Eastern. We've got uh, Pastor Dave Scarlett with his glory. Yeah. Uh, wh- who else? We have Dr. Scott Lively. We've got uh, Laws of Life, Mike Spalding Ministries, uh, of course, Bards FM, also um, Coach Dave Dow- uh, Daubenmeyer, and so on. We've, we've got so many uh, shows, or not shows isn't the right word, um, broadcasts of, of yeah. wisdom and so on. It's really critical. But, you know, to get into what you said there, everybody is receiving a message from God in one way or another, I believe. And sometimes we have to be silent so that we can tune into that message and kind of let go of all the distractions of life so that we can kind of synchronize with the message that is meant for us. And I've even said, I said this in another interview, that some people believe their savior is science and the needle and their messenger is messenger RNA, like mRNA, right? That's their messenger. And I was, I jokingly said, well, my messenger is MJC, you know, you so I don't need the needle because we got <laughs> JC. That's that that's my savior. Uh, but, yeah. you know, everybody's got to decide what message is for them. At least that, that's my take on it. Oh, I love it. No, it's so true. And the other thing, too, is we can't be so discouraged. You know, there's so many people that are so discouraged right now. And I get it. I mean, you look at the world. It's so egregious. I mean, I was just uh, studying the Monroe Doctrine. You know, I don't know if you know that, that what that is, but you know, that was uh, something that Reagan really upheld. And, and basically, they, they were making sure that our hemisphere and especially North and South America were not uh, being encroached upon by communist Russia at the time. And so that's when he went into Grenada and, you know, that whole thing. And, uh, and, and now, I mean, if you look at what's happening with China, they're in Brazil, they're in all these Latin American countries. And uh, those, those leaders are trying to sound the alarm in any way they can. I mean, those that are on our side, you know, are the conservative leaders like Bolsonaro, and he's got great pressure. But, you know, it's almost like our leadership in this nation has a reprobate mind. In fact, I think for the most part they do. Mm-hmm. And so what it really, people have to understand is that it's like the Wizard of Oz. Like, you know, there's the, the people that are behind the curtain here. It, it's all demonic stuff. I mean, look look at what they're pushing, whether it's death of babies or, you know, castration of young people or, you know, I mean, these things are brutal. You know, if you would have gone back 20 years ago and said this was going to be the topic of that a man could be a woman, a woman could be a man or a person could be a cat. Uh, yeah, you know, people would be like, you. yeah. It would have been like, what? You know, like my grandfather that passed away like 15, 20 years ago, he would have been like, what are you talking about? This is actually the conversation because this is how far we've gone. And a lot of it was because the church didn't occupy and wasn't the head. The Bible says we're meant to be the head and not the tail. And Mike, you know, they're, they're trying to demonize Christians now. They're saying, oh, you want a theocracy? No, we don't. We just want, uh, you know, liberty and, and, and freedom. And uh, I don't have a problem if somebody's you know practicing another faith, but don't don't infringe on my rights to practice you know the faith that I have. And that's what our founders wanted. They believed in inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, given us by God, not by government. Now it's like people are worshiping, like you said, science and government, and help me, government, give me my entitlement, you know, uh, spoon feed me. And this is not God's will or intention for us as a people. So He wants us to be you know, real authentic believers that hunger and thirst for righteousness, that 
have a trade by the way the bible says if you don't work you don't eat so you know not just being some lazy couch potato that sits back and does nothing and i understand some people have you know different ailments and that's different but i'm just saying we we're 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 in a very bad place and it's because of the lack of leadership on our side from the church from pastors from spiritual leaders i mean i couldn't believe during the quote unquote pandemic what i was seeing when 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 some of these leaders were were encouraging their whole flock i mean what in the world? Like, what do you, how is that your position? You know, some people were trying to convince me Jesus would take the shot. What? Like, are you talking about the Jesus, the, the King of Kings and the, and the Lord of Lords, like the healer, the one who sits on the throne, the Alpha and the Omega, like he would take a shot from Moderna. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but this is the, the insanity that people have been trying to convince me, Mike, for the past couple of years. And this is why we decided to to really speak out more because you know, it's a lot of pressure and, and, you know, we get attacked and we get warfare and, but, you know, I just, I family and I say, you know, how can I be silent when I see the, these very evil demonic things that are happening? Well, this you is know, and the, the seduction of this secular world is trying to suck you into their demonic vortex, right? To denounce yes. the power of God. For example, if, if you think that Jesus Christ who, who resurrected people can't heal his own body, then you are rejecting Jesus and God. And like, frankly, you're, you're rejecting the truth about that. But I, I want to ask you, though, since this is the first time that we've done an interview together, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and what brought you to this moment where you are right now? You, you already mentioned you were in L.A. for quite some time, but what, what's your overall background, if you don't mind sharing? No, absolutely. This is my testimony. And I like sharing my testimony because I really think that's what's going to get us through. You know, there's some people that might be listening that are maybe you're a prodigal or a misfit or somebody that didn't feel like you fit in the church. Well, that was me. And uh, I'm going to tell you, my friends in high school and, and, and you know the early 20s, they would have laughed if you would have said Todd Coconato is going to be a pastor. They would have absolutely laughed and said, no way, that'll never happen. I had an encounter with God, Mike. What happened was I was a child actor in Hollywood and the Lord allowed me, I believe, to see under the covers of Hollywood. I, I dated, uh, you know, certain actresses and um, I, I was on a lot of different shows and, uh, you know, I saw it firsthand. And, and this was as a child. And uh, I knew that there was something more to it because I could feel the darkness. I could feel, you know, I had friends that, you know, dealt with molestation, uh, the casting couch and different things that people say doesn't happen in Hollywood. But I saw it firsthand. I know it happens. You well, know, we're I saw in the post Harvey Weinstein era. So we know yeah. that happens now. You know, it happens. But, yeah. you know, they still want to pretend like it doesn't. And so uh, what I started realizing and I got until I was about 16 years old, you know, I started partying and going to undergrounds and being a club kid and the whole thing. And I would get into 21 and over clubs at like 18, you know, fake ID and the whole thing. I, I was experiencing young Hollywood with all these uh, people that I was hanging out with. Some of them were pretty well-known people, a lot of money, all that stuff. And I was empty. And, and it, it really, there was a defining moment, Mike. I was sitting in the real world suite in Las Vegas. And this was when the real world was, you know, in its, you know, first couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, I was young. And, and there was, I was sitting next to an international celebrity woman, you know, a, a girl and, 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 you know, everybody at the time, uh, I think we're kind of cl close to the same age, but you remember everybody used to have posters on the wall and that was like the big thing back in the day, you know? So everybody, you know, had this girl's poster on their wall, these women and girls, you know, at that time. And, and she was like an idol and, and here I'm sitting next to her and she's on an ecstasy pill in the real world suite. And it was like, it just shattered my entire like to see her so broken and 
totally just jibber jabbering and, 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 you know, not all made up and all, you know, famous looking, but just a, a human that was broken. Yeah. And then I met at around the same time, I met a pastor and the pastor, I mean, I think he was making like 40 grand a year. He had like five kids this is in LA, which is, you know, pretty expensive area, you know, very humble man, but he was happy. He had like a true peace. And every time I was around him, I felt safety and peace. And, you know, I could see his joy and his marriage was good. And his family was happy. And I'm like, here's this woman who has all the money in the world, totally broken, totally messed up. And then here's this guy, not famous, not well-known, but he found something. What does he have? You know? And so I was on my journey and, and this man, you know, he was kind enough to meet with me and have coffee with me. And that's why I'm, I'm so much for discipleship and mentorship because you never know who it is that you're mentoring and you never know what they're going to do in the future. And even if it's one person that God's put in your path, is that not worth it? You know, cause he goes after the one. And so anyway, uh, long story short, you know, I ended up giving my heart to the Lord in Hawaii. Uh, my parents took me on this, uh, you know, they were Christian, but see, I was in LA unified and LA unified was like going to prison every day. I mean, <laughs> right. they would bless kids. They would bless kids in, um, you know, every drug imaginable was there. There was all different types of things going on. People were having sex at a young age. I mean, the whole thing. And so, you know, between that and Hollywood, and I was just totally caught up. And so uh, my parents take me to this retreat in, in, in Hawaii, in Honolulu, and I, and I experienced the tangible presence of the Lord. I knew that God was getting a hold of my life. And I was living with my girlfriend at the time. I had a beautiful condo. I had a Lexus. I had cameras, you know, my house. I thought I was like somebody big, you know, and uh, this is all a fake, you know, persona, you know, it's all image. Uh, but, you know, that's what you think is, is successful in Hollywood, you know? So anyways, uh, I get saved. I come back home and I tell my girlfriend, Hey, we're going to have to, you know, stop living together. Cause I got saved. And she's looking at me like, what does that even mean? And I'm like, well, you know, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And she's just like, well, yeah, that, that'll last like a couple of days. You know, she's just thinking it's like something like a phase. Well, no, it ended up being true. I mean, I really did. And so yeah, she ended up, I think, staying in the place we lived. And I went home and stayed with my parents. And eventually that relationship didn't end up working out. Uh, but, you know, good woman, nothing wrong with her, but she just wasn't on the same journey. And so then, uh, you know, two years, I was trying to go to this church and you know, my family went there and, and Mike, these people, I mean, I'm coming from the Hollywood club scene. Okay. I mean, I don't know some people are probably thinking like night of the Roxbury. No, that's not, that's not, what it, you know, it wasn't that, but it was, you know, the Hollywood club scene is, 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 is a very uh, pretty crazy. I mean, there's a lot of money and, you know, beautiful people. And if you're a VIP there, I mean, it's, it's like an every night thing. I mean, people go to clubs on Monday night, Tuesday night, you know, <laughs> wow. There's, yeah. There's these like, I mean, it was like a church, you know, I mean, I was so involved in the scene. And, uh, you know, you make money promoting and all these different things. And so it's a whole lifestyle and there's every, every single type of person that goes, you know, so there's a lot of cross uh, pollination that goes within that scene. You know, you got, you got doctors and lawyers and then you got partiers and drug dealers. And, um, so anyway, long story short, you know, I was trying to find Christian friends and this is why uh, I really relate to people that are, they're trying to change. And, and all my friends, Mike, were partiers. So, you know, what am I going to do? Hang out with them? I mean, I love them. These are my role dogs. These are my people that would take a bullet for me, you know? So, but at the same time, I knew that if I kept hanging around them, my life was going to continue down a bad course, you know? So I knew I had to change and I had accepted Jesus. So for two years, it was like this. I was in this limbo. I call it Christian limbo. And uh, the only people that would say hi to me were like the, the greeters at the door, you know? So I was like, thank God for the greeters, you know? And I would stand there and honestly, I felt like I didn't like them. They didn't like me. You know, I was totally out of my element, but you know, I persevered for a couple of years and then, uh, you know, it was about two years 
And so then one day I was missing my friends and I still worked out all the time because, you know, in LA, it's all about your, your image and you know, how you look and everything. So I'd work out religiously. Uh, so I was coming home from the gym and I'm in Granada Hills, California. And I go to this apartment complex. I was going to meet up with one of my old friends. And there was a guy that was on, I believe crystal meth, definitely some type of crazy drug. And he runs out of this apartment and I don't even have time to think the door just flings open. He runs out with a kitchen knife and proceeds to stab me nine times. What? And one of them, yeah, one of them was in the heart. And so I'm, I'm sitting there stabbed nine times. I could fight. I mean, I was, you know, I'm in the LA unified school. We, you know, we get jumped and fights and, you know, so I could fight, but listen, at this time I was stabbed nine times. I was useless. So I was on the ground and I was bleeding out and I pull up my sweatshirt and I said to the guy, you know, I'm dying. You're going to kill me. And so I think at that moment he sobered up and he literally, um, this is the craziest thing ever, him and the girl that he was with, they take me and they put me in my car in the back seat. I'm bleeding like crazy. And they drive me like, to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> this is the guy that just stabbed me. He's driving me to the hospital. So this is crazy, man. So anyway, on the way to the hospital, I'm on the way and I feel like I either died or something happened, but I, I, I basically had like an outer body experience and I went into the presence of the Lord. It was just like a white presence and I felt God and I heard his audible voice and he said, do you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, God, I want to live. I want, I'm too young to die. You know, I won't have a family. And I, I heard him say, if you live, you got to do these two things. He says, you got to tell people that I'm real and you got to stay on fire for me. And I said, you know, and it was, it was like, uh, there's, there's a guy, you know, the prophet Isaiah and there's this scripture in Isaiah six. And it says, you know, I saw the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his glory filled the temple. And when you're in the presence of God, the only thing that you can really do is say, send me like, yes. You know, what else are you going to say? Like, no, you know? So, you know, yes, Lord. Yes. I will do that. The minute I said, yes, I wake up and I'm in that Granada Hills hospital and I look up and there's this really sweet African-American nurse and she just looks at me and she says, you should not be alive. You should be dead. Wow. And I knew that was, I knew it was true. Uh, the whole thing was crazy. And I was in ICU for 10 days and, uh, you know, I got out of the hospital after about 30 days and I was back in the gym after about 50 days or so. And uh, during that time of getting out of the hospital and getting back to the gym, I went back to work and honestly, depression started you know, getting in my heart because I was like, you know, here I was in Hollywood. I was a VIP. I was hanging out with all these cool people, according to the world, you know, you made it right. You know, high school friends would be like, wow, look at Todd, you know, and now I got stabbed. I'm living for God. I have barely any Christian friends. And, you know, my body looks like a pin cushion with a bunch of keloid scars all over it. And, uh, you know, wow, good for you, Todd, you know that, right? So I started getting mad at God, Mike. I mean, what, you know, I started getting mad, like, why would you let this happen now? You know, why, why didn't this happen when I was in the world? And so the story goes like this, and this is a really short version of a long story, but I go back to work and I'm in the Macy's because I'm working at Macy's at the time and I'm in the men's department. This woman comes down and she literally says to me, son, I have a prophetic word for you. And I'm just like, what? I'm in Macy's in the men's department. Like, what are you talking? First of all, how do you even know I'm a Christian? How do you know I would even know what a prophetic word is? You know, and she says, the Lord showed me your face and he told me, uh, that, you know, there's a calling on your life. She proceeds to start giving me this prophetic word. You know, God is going to raise you up and you're going to fly with wings like an eagle and you're going to run and not grow weary and just starts prophesying over me. And I felt the presence of God and these little Armenian women that worked at the store with me because Glendale's like the Armenian capital of the United States. Uh, you know, they're all believers, you know, so they're starting to weep and they're oh, wow. weeping with me in this, 
in this men's department, you know, because this woman just gave this powerful word. So that happens. And then I'm like, well, maybe my mom put her up to it. You know, maybe somebody knew what I had been through. So I kind of start doubting. Right. So then it's like two days later, I'm at this uh, coffee shop in Studio City, which is like right in that same area. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting at the coffee shop and I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And, and some guy who's sitting at another table gets up, walks over to me and says, I have a word for you. I said, are you kidding me? Like, what are you talking about? I have a word for you. And the Lord gave me a word for you. And he starts saying, and Mike, this is the craziest thing. It's like verbatim of what the woman in the Macy's said. I mean, you have a calling on your life. God is with you. Don't let bitterness grow root. You know, you're going to soar. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? So then I start getting kind of freaked out a little bit. Well, here's, here's strike three and I'm out, right? So I go back to the gym. I'm in Northridge, California, 24-hour fitness. And I see this guy with a bunch of tattoos and he's all sleeved up and, you know, real buff guy. And I'm just looking at all his tattoos. Like, gosh, that guy's got a lot of tattoos. The guy turns around while I'm doing curls and literally starts prophesying. And of course, this is the craziest thing. He says the exact same things as the other two people. Well, Mike, this was it for me. I was rocked, man. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I'm a real seeing is believing guy. Here I was in the presence of the Lord. Uh, You know, I got stabbed nine times. I went in the presence of the Lord. You know, then I have these three people give me these words. Like I knew God was getting a hold of my life. And so, you know, I just knew like, okay, I guess this is it. So I went in the parking lot there. I just started weeping and crying out to the Lord. And I said, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. You know, whatever you want me to do, you want me to be a pastor, I'll be a pastor. You know, I'll do whatever you want. And so I enrolled in Bible college and uh, the rest is history. It's been like 23 or 24 years or so. And God has just done so many things over the years. I'm not saying it's easy, but he's, he's shown me so many miracles and just that he's real and that he's moving still. And so this is where I think this all kind of fits in because I saw the Hollywood thing. There was a plumb line from Hollywood to government. There was a connection that I witnessed firsthand. And so I started researching government. I started researching, you know, why is there this connection with Hollywood? What, you know, what is, what is Operation Mockingbird? What is all these things? And, and, it, and the Lord was just, you know, leading me in my research. And I knew that there was a reason why he wanted me to know these things. And so I think this all really just equipped me. And I know many of you probably had some, some type of similar story, maybe not getting stabbed nine times, but how the Lord led you to research and things like that. And so, and every one of us has our own journey and our own testimony. This was mine, you know, but, but I'm no better than anybody else. That, that's what I want to make clear here is that, you know, the same thing that happened to me happened to you. I mean, it's, it, God wants to meet us right now where we are. But that, and he wants us to, that yeah, had to have, to have shown you that, the, the nature of reality is far more deep than, you know, what you had been told before. And the fact that God could work through three seemingly random people yes. with such a powerful message that they felt compelled that they needed to, first, they, 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 they saw you, they recognized you, and they delivered the message. And I wonder maybe if God gave that motivation to, you know, five people or 10 people, but only three had the courage to do it. You know, I, I don't know. But yes. God was working through these other people, and you needed to hear that yes. message to shape your future. Yes. So the world yes. is so much, is very different from what we've been told. Well, and so that brings me to like kind of where I am today. It's funny that you should say that because the Lord has shown me like, Todd, did I not do this? Did I not do that? Did I not take you from all these different things? Why do you think I've taken you this far and I'm just going to leave you now? 
You know, like, I'm not going to just leave you. Like, you know, he's with us even until the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So this goes back to Christians and, and, and patriots who love the Lord, you know, that, that, that understand where we're at is that we have an opportunity to, to pull down the strongholds. We have an opportunity in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit to break every chain, to break every yoke, to break every bondage. And so we have to take this seriously. And so this last year, it's been me really just kind of coming to the understanding, like this is the reality. This is reality. It's not this person's you know future, this truth, that truth, his truth. The, it's the truth, the truth. And, and, the, and the, the person that believes that it all came from a big bang, they have way more faith than me. I mean, somebody that believes we came from like evolution and little monkeys and well, where the monkeys come from, where the big bang come from, you know, they have way more faith than me. So if we start realizing like, yeah, this is the reality, this is the reality and this is who I am and I serve the creator of heaven and earth and he's on my side, but there are some things I have to do. And, and we, we kind of put this whole thing into perspective. That's what I think God wants us to understand right now. We, we, we don't have all the answers, but we can wake up every day and do our part. And if everybody does that, then collectively as a body, as an ecclesia, that's how we take back the territory for the kingdom of God. Wow. Well, well said. Well said. And I, I, I will share with you, um, you, you may not know this about me, but I'll go ahead and share this publicly. I should have died when I was in college because there was a, there was a night I was walking across campus. I was, I was living on campus and um, it was a, a night of a freezing rain. And I, I grew up in the Midwest, went to university in the Midwest and yeah. the freezing rain in that area, the rain will uh, sometimes be like uh, a half an inch thick around every branch of every oh, tree yeah. and every wire and so on. I was walking right. home during this, this, what, what had been an ice storm and I was on the sidewalk and it was dark. It was after dark. And I was about to walk underneath a tree, a pretty large tree. And like all the trees, they were covered with ice. And uh, an angel reached out to me. I didn't see it, but I heard it. Said, "Do not walk under that tree. Do not go under that tree." And I, I was like, "Well, where's this coming from?" But hey, nobody's around, so if I just walk around it, it won't look crazy because nobody can see me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I walked around, and as I was, I was in the street, uh, away from the tree, but. At the moment where I would have been directly underneath it, a massive like 14 inch branch broke mm. off from the trunk of the tree and came crashing down on the sidewalk wow. where I would have been right at that yep. moment. And, yep. and I knew, oh my God, like God just saved me. Yep. Just yep. literally. So when people ask me, how can you believe in God? I'm like, uh, I've experienced it pretty directly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yep. How can you not? <laughs> exactly. And that, that, you know, I really believe, uh, you know, like David, you know, you kind of remind me of a David, you know, you got a Davidic calling, but, you know, David was a man after God's heart, you know, and, uh, you know, David had his lion and his bear that he fought before he fought Goliath. So by the time he was going to face Goliath, he had already faced his lion and his bear. He had the experience. I call it the school of hard knocks, you know, but whatever it is that you've had to walk through in your life, I don't believe God's going to waste anything than anybody listening has, has walked through. I think that that was the training, what you needed to know for where you're about to go. Yes. And, and so these are, these are things that you can't learn in school. You know, these are things that, you know, your experiences. And, and so, you know, he's kind of set this whole thing up. And I really believe there's people, Mike, that have been hidden 
for this time. And all of a sudden God is raising up these people out of nowhere. And, you know, a lot of times people refer to them as like nameless or faceless, but you know, it doesn't mean you don't have a name or you don't have a face, but it's just, it, it's people that you wouldn't normally think like, look at the body of Christ. I mean, all these big name celebrity preachers, not all of them are bad. Some of them are great people, but I'm just saying there are some bad apples in that mix, but you know, w- wouldn't it be like God to just raise up somebody out of nowhere that doesn't even look like anybody that you would expect like he did with Donald Trump and other people, you know, and, and, and it's like, you know, you look at him as, as a human and you say, why would you use that person? But that's what God likes to do. Mm-hmm. He likes to use the least of these or people that you would never think. And then he anoints them for the mission because it's about him. It's, it's for his glory, you know, and, and what he wants to do. And so that's what we have to understand is, is that I really believe that many of you that are listening, I call you remnant warriors, you know, but you're people that, that have an unction of the Holy spirit that you have discernment and you know, there's more meat. You want the meat. You don't want the milk. You don't want the level one Christianity. You want to go deeper. And you're, and, and so honestly, I think a lot of these people might think they, they listen to you. They listen to people like you, you know, and there's not a lot of people like you, but you know, that, that have an anointing, you have an anointing and you're speaking a message that other people are afraid to speak and having the conversations. And, and that's what people want. They want authenticity. They want realness. They're seeking the anointing. They're looking for truth. And that's where we're at in this amazing time period where again, best of times and worst of times at the same time. But no, regardless, there's definitely an awakening. And I, and I can tell you, I mean, every city that we go to, we see thousands of people that come and people say, you know, I wish I could find a remnant church in my community. I wish, you know, and, and I just want people to know there are others like you. There's so many people like you. In fact, I don't even know if we can call it a remnant anymore because there's so many people. <laughs> but it's I'm such serious. a great word. I love the term remnant warriors. Yes. I love it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. No. And, and, you know, it just has so much meaning and so much depth, you know, but it's, Yeah. I mean, I think there's this group, you know, of people that maybe, you know, you've been busy, maybe you're a soccer mom or you've been busy with two jobs or raising the kids. And, and so maybe you haven't got involved in in the past and now you realize like, I have to do something like, and that's where these mama bears are stepping up, you know, or these papa bears or these, you know, this is what's happening. And so this is where I think I have a lot of hope, Mike, despite all the negative stuff and you know, I mean, obviously I, I can get into how I think the U.S. dollar is going to lose the global reserve at some point soon. I think, you know, there's all different types of crazy stuff that we could talk about. But ultimately, my hope is found in Jesus. And when I think about what he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Not some, not a few, not a little bit, all authority. And this is the God that we serve, you know, and he's called us to be alive in this time. So, you know, I just feel like maybe it needs to get to a point where there's no other way but God. So that no one else can take the credit, you know, maybe that's Good where it needed to be. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Your science failed you. Your institutions failed you. Your government failed you. Your your technology failed you. You know, what do you have left when when the power grid is down and nothing <laughs> is working? And he's that's like, right. well, guess what? There's only one option remaining if you don't want to die. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I love that you say, too, you know, Andrew Brunson's a friend of mine. He's the pastor. I don't know if you remember him that was held for captive in Turkey. And um, do you remember him? No, I didn't. I didn't quite hear the name because there was a little bit of distortion in the audio. What, what was his name again? Yeah, there was a guy named Andrew Brunson. Do you remember him? Oh, Brunson. No, it doesn't ring a bell. So he was the pastor that was held captive in Turkey during the Trump administration. And uh, the, the Trump literally like crashed the Turkish economy for this guy. I mean, he was being persecuted. He was in jail in, in, in Turkey. They were saying that he was some type of dissident. And, you know, he's just a preacher. He's a good man. 
anyway, you know, I've had him on the show a few times and he's gone through tremendous persecution. This is a guy that's been locked up in, in solitary and, you know, just in the worst conditions in a Turkish, you know, prison. And what he's told me, and I really take his word seriously, is he says American Christians are not prepared for persecution. They don't understand it. They don't understand mentally. And so, you know, it's kind of a sobering word, uh, but we have to mentally be prepared for what's coming. And I think that, you know, even though there's a real good possibility that some good things are happening, uh, I think that as Christians going forward, I don't think we're ever going back to quote unquote normal. You know, a lot of people want normal. What's normal? What was the nineties normal? Was two thousands normal? What, what is normal? You know, that's not coming back. Uh, but this is a new season. It's a new wineskin. But we can thrive in this time. We can come out from among them. There's a system. I call it the Babylon system. The church needs to come out of it. We can't be living in their Babylon system anymore. We've got to come out from among them. Alternative ecosystems, understanding how to be proactive, things like you're doing, prepping and, and all the different ways of understanding how you can do all these different things, you know, because this is where we're going and we have to know these things. And so I think there, there, you can definitely thrive and survive but you have to you have to get in the new mindset here. You can't you know be the old wineskin because if you're if the old wineskin you're sitting on the couch and you're eating popcorn and just waiting to be saved, that's not coming. So, <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm just trying to be real, you know. And I know some people will probably get mad at me, but I love you all, and uh, I'm not you know I'm not trying to cause any issues. But I just I love you so much that I want you to be prepared, you know. Well, that that's exactly how I feel. That's my message to everybody listening here every day. It's like, uh, hey. Why do we prepare? Because God needs you to be here because we are the refounders after this collapse. You know, human civilization is not going away. It's going to shrink, yes, but we're going to reform it. We're going to refound it. And in order to be here, obviously, we have to not starve, <laughs> you know, not, right. not die and so on. So our, our audience and our supporters are pretty amazing. In fact, I, I wanted to ask you, and I, and I apologize if this is too forward, but as we wrap up this conversation, would you be willing to offer a blessing to our listeners? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm really glad you asked that, actually. Um, I would love to do that, Mike. And I, I just feel like there has been a lot of people that have been really engaged in this conversation. I feel there's an anointing on it tonight. You know, and, and it's not always that that happens. And by the way, on my best day of speaking, I can't do anything. Mike can't do anything. <laughs> it, 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 it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit is what it is, right? And yes. so... For whatever reason, God decided to meet us in this conversation. I think it's very timely. And I think you had mentioned that earlier, but I really believe God is, is wanting us to get serious. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about being sober minded, you know, being alert, understanding the times. There's something called the Issachar anointing, which is understanding the times, discerning the times. And so that's what I'm going to pray and also speak against anxiety and fear and doubt. And just remember, we're on the winning team. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for this conversation. I want to thank you for Mike. I want to thank you for everything that he's doing and Brighteon and Health Ranger and, and, you know, all the different things that he's got going on, Lord. There's so many different things he does every single day. I don't think most people even realize how hard this man works. And so I just pray you'd bless him and in, in all the different things that he's doing as you have, but that your anointing and favor would be upon him as we go forward. And Lord, I just pray for everyone listening right now. I, I really feel like some people have anxiety, fear, doubt. And maybe that was why you had me share my story today, but I'm here to say, God, you're real. And, and, and to anybody listening that you're real Lord, and that you want to move in their situation, you want to move in their life. And that even though the world is going crazy, 
it doesn't mean that we're forsaken. It doesn't mean that you're not going to move in our personal life, in our finances, in our families, in our marriage. And so I just pray a blessing and favor. And you talk about in your word, a peace that passes understanding. And that's what I pray that people would find rest and peace in you, but also that we'd be actionable. We wouldn't just be sitting around doing nothing, or we're not just sitting here waiting for, you know, to be raptured out, that we would occupy, that we would stand, that we would put on the armor of God, that we'd wake up every day and we'd say, Lord, how can I be about your business today? And I believe, Lord, you're going to set up divine appointments and counters, and you're going to move in, in our lives. And so I just want to speak to anybody that's been on the sideline waiting. I really believe the Lord is saying this tonight, get in the game. It's time to get in the game, not do something foolish, not do something, uh, you know, that's going to get you in trouble, but, but get in the game, get involved. And so we just want to bless them for doing that, for, for opening the vision, the dreams, and for standing up and rising up and being the remnant in this hour, because Lord, when there's a remnant, that means you are still moving. And I believe you are still moving. And so our promise remains the same. Yes. And amen. Hope in a future. And so just bless them today, give them encouragement, give them peace, give them rest in you. And we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. Fill them today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen, brother. That was perfect. And see, folks, something really good did come out of Hollywood. His name is Todd Coconato, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor <Man>. Todd Coconato. <laughs> so, you know, you, you just never know. Uh, you just got to keep your options open. Good things may unfold. Well, Pastor, yes. this has been a real blessing, and I'm I, I'm just I've always felt blessed in what I do. But being able to meet you and have this conversation with you is really, really special. And, and, and please hold on after I, I stop the recording. Yeah. I just I want to say something to you privately off the air too. But this has just been amazing. Thank you for taking the time and for your heart and your mind and everything that you're offering here. Well, thank you, Mike. And I just appreciate and respect you and honor you. And I'm going to continue to pray for you and for protection around you. But thank you for standing. And I just want you to know that we all appreciate you tremendously. Well, that means a lot. I, I, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, please keep me posted about what you have going on. If you have a powerful message that you feel urgently needs to get out to people, uh, I'm going to give you my number so you can reach me directly. We can have you on. Even if it's a short segment that you you just need to offer something, uh, I want to open that door for you. And and if there's other ways that you can use the Brighton platform, maybe you'll have some live streaming events or something that we can cover. Thank we would be honored to do that for you. Thank you. That means so much, and I really appreciate that, Mike. And I love the Brighton platform, by the way. What an amazing platform! So that thank you, thank you very much. Absolutely, and you're it's people like you why we built it, and that's Brighton.tv, folks. And Sunday, it's 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 a great lineup of pastors and analysis and uh, you know pro Christian content. So check it out. There's not a lot of pro Christian networks out there, by the way, <laughs> like this. So this is a really great place to get some good information. Well, uh, Pastor Coconado, thank you so much. Um, stay stay online, and and uh, I'll just wish you well. Sure. And for those of you listening, uh, feel free to repost this interview if it touched you. Uh, you can post it on your own channel. You can post uh, snippets of it if you wish, and, and you can put on other platforms as well. You have our permission. I'm Mike Adams, founder of Brighton.com. And remember, the website for Pastor Todd Coconado is pastortodd.org. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. A global reset is coming, and that's why I've recorded a new nine-hour audiobook. It's called The Global Reset Survival Guide. You can download it for free by subscribing to the naturalnews.com email newsletter, which is also free. 
I'll describe how the monetary system fails. I also cover emergency medicine and first aid and what to buy to help you avoid infections. So download this guide. It's free. It's my gift to you simply because I want like-minded people to survive.